We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio on WGR. Sal is going to join us here for a chat about the Bills' coaching moves, a new quarterbacks coach, some new defensive assistants added, and an NFL awards show coming up tonight. Good morning. High 50s today. Golf courses, you mm. know, if you got one open, you can, hit, you can hit the golf course. That's good. Hey, Sal. Hi, guys. Good morning. Morning. Morning to you out there, too, Jeremy and Joe. Sal, before we get started, uh, something want to you know pass along our condolences. Saw you posted. You and I mm-hmm. chatted about it. Uh, you and the fam- family had to say goodbye to your, your dog Roxy, uh, and uh, it's tough, man. So we're we're thinking of you. I saw the pictures you posted. Uh, the dog, you know, been with you for a long time. Yeah, longer than Max has been with us. <laughs> Believe yeah. it or not, he's ten. Right? I mean, it's crazy. So. Uh, as everybody probably knows out there, you know, you just dogs are such a part of your family and such a part of your life. It's, it's really, it's really tough. And, you know, um, the, the vet was telling me there's a, there's a comedian or someone out there who said like, why would anyone get a puppy? All it is, is heartbreak waiting to happen. <laughs> and it's true, but you know, you think about it and, and the reason is, and I thought about it as we all know, it's because you'll, as much as that heartbreak happens, you have many, many years of incredible, wonderful joy and so many memories uh, that go along with it. But, you know, we we had a dog. My wife and I had a dog named Willis. He was an American Bulldog boxer in Florida, moved up here. He moved up here with us. And um, Willis passed back in um, that would be what right before probably 20, early 2013. And we, we decided, you know, we're not going to get a dog. And then and then we got pregnant. And then, you know, you just, you, you miss and you love dogs so yep. much. And then we found Roxy and we got her while we were pregnant before Max was born. So it's been a long time and she's been with us for a long time and she was a great dog and we're going to miss her tremendously, obviously, uh, you know, and, and it's been rough on everybody. But at the same time, um, you know, she, she lived a great life. She gave us a great life and she's in a better place, you know, and, and I think that's what you take mm-hmm. comfort in knowing, you know what I mean? Yeah, and so I, I think of a couple, like, parallels. For me growing up, I had the same kind of situation as Max where my parents had a dog before I was born, and I grew up with that dog, and I remember saying goodbye. I might have been around 10 or 11 years old, and then... Yeah, me too, and when, same, same and age. When our kids are born, when, when my wife is pregnant with the twins, we got an, a younger puppy during that for the kind of the same reason, one of the same reasons, which is... I wanted my kids to grow up with a dog the same way that I did. Like, I just feel like there's, you know, yep. there's there's value in it. So, um, yeah, very very cool, of course, to have uh, given her a home for so long. And uh, we're thinking of you and, and Max and Jan as well. So, uh, yeah, d- dogs, dogs. All right, on to business. They're the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On to business, Sal. Um, co- coaching moves. <laughs> I joked with Joe. Yeah. The Bills now have the coolest quarterbacks coach in football, right? I mean, to have played (laughs) at at North Carolina, Josh played a highlight of him throwing an alley-oop to Julius Peppers. Like, Ronald Curry is, uh, he he had his own successful athletic career, and now he's uh, quarterbacks coach for the Buffalo Bills. 
Yeah, I tweeted yesterday that there will be no debate this year on who the best basketball player will be at St. John Fisher at training camp. Uh, it will be Ronald Curry <laughs> amongst the players and coaches. Uh, this guy, he was, I, I did a little research on his actual, like, playing because I'm like, yeah, I know he played basketball at Carolina. I know he played, you know, football at Carolina. Dude was seventh in the ACC in assists his sophomore year. He led Carolina in assists. He started and he was incredible. But what's funny is Joe and I were talking about this on uh, Extra Point Show. I don't know if you brought it up, but uh, he was, he had committed to Virginia and he is from Virginia and he was highly recruited in both, you know, number one recruit in the nation, essentially in both sports, maybe, you know, here or there, somebody had him second or third, but he winds up go, uh, committing to Virginia, but then he flips, he goes to Carolina and he was like the villain in Virginia because of this. And I guess the comic strip tank McNamara named him jerk of the year that one wow. year. That's how bad it was and how it got down there. But now that's not to disparage him. Of course, you know, he, he did go to the NFL. He played brief. He didn't have a long NFL career, you know, about five, six years, I guess, but I don't think he did too much. Became a coach, and I, I found it fun. Jeremy, this is when you and I, and you, you'll be, you're going to say the same thing. This is why, when I know I'm old, when Ronald Curry has been coaching for 10 years in the NFL that I didn't realize, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. he's been with the New Orleans Saints, and his influence is under Sean Payton. Obviously, he did work with Joe Brady there uh, several years ago, and we had Nick Underhill, who covers the Saints, on the Extra Point Show yesterday. Really good interview if anybody wants to listen to that, and he really raved about his communication with players, how much that he understands the game, obviously, at his level, but also relationships and what you know kind of relationship guy he is, and that that's really going to help, I think, coaching a superstar like Josh Allen because that's not always the easiest thing either. Obviously, Josh is easy to coach, but when you're coaching somebody of that talent, you have to have a good built-in relationship, and I think um, Ronald Curry will be a guy for that. When it comes to bringing someone from the outside, Sally, of course, you have, you have openings, and there's a lot of turnover. Part of me makes me makes Part of this all makes me think this is a little bit of a look into the ownership they're giving Joe Brady of the offense, right? Get mm-hmm. it, go out and get a guy you've got a connection with. We'll bring him in, and it's, it's a new voice in Josh Allen's ear. 100%, and I agree with you a lot there, which is it is basically, hey, Joe, like, what do you need? Um, what will help you? Who will help you? And, you know, he brings in a guy he knows, obviously, and then also, you know, you think about last year, they had hired uh, an, a coach that came from the University of Buffalo. And I have to go, he's not listed on the website, I don't think, but I'll have to go and find his name. But he was hired right after um, Joe Brady became offensive coordinator, like interim, like two, three weeks. And the Bills, you know, said it and, you know, Sean McDermott acknowledged it and said, yeah, and he had somebody who had worked with Joe Brady, but it wasn't like a real official capacity, but someone to help out. But the point is, it feels like this is like, hey, Joe, what do you need? What do you want? And they bring him on. And um, I agree with you. So this is Joe Brady having, like you say, ownership, I think is a good word to kind of tell, you know, the organization what direction they want to go, who is best to work in that capacity. The other part of this is from the reporting that was going on yesterday, apparently Ronald Curry could have stayed in New Orleans as wide receivers coach. He chose not to do that and to come to Buffalo to be a quarterback's coach. Um, you could say that's a bump up. That's fine. I think more quarterbacks coaches probably become OCs quicker than wide receivers coaches. Maybe not. I would think that might be. But that's essentially a lateral move, right? How many times, guys, are we told and talked about that guys leave for lateral moves? Well, here's a guy coming to Buffalo on a lateral move. Yes, he wasn't. No, he wasn't going to be their passing game coordinate, uh, quarterbacks coach anymore under uh, Kubiak, their new OC. But he did apparently have a chance to stay on there and say, no, I'm going to go to Buffalo and take this other opportunity. 
Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. His, your impressions of the Saints offense over the last few years? He's only a part of that. He's you know on the staff. He's not calling plays. But um, what are your thoughts on kind of the system and the offense itself that he's coming from and whether there's anything to, to look at from that, that perspective? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, right? We we have, obviously, the Sean Payton influence that goes back, and he was a part of that, and I don't think anybody would deny Sean Payton's a really excellent offensive coach, has a good offensive mind. I think that what's held them back, obviously, has been the, the quarterback shuffle the last few years. But, you know, they've done some nice things. I think it's really interesting how they've used Alvin Kamara, and now you think about James Cook guys. They've also brought in some receivers like Chris Olave. Michael Thomas was really good, you know, a few years ago, and obviously had some injuries and things like that. So... <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. There's been guys that put up some really good numbers, obviously. And, um, you know, maybe not calling the shots, but he is the passing game coordinator he was last year. But I think you can learn a lot from there and figure out, okay, what are you going to do? This is not – I don't think anybody thinks of the Saints offense as ground and pound, right? <laughs> we don't do that. This is a an offense that I think we think of spreading the ball around, getting the ball to their playmakers. And I, I think that's probably what the, the Bills are trying to do here. And I would also say that we think of the Saints offense I do as being somewhat explosive. Maybe that's not analytically true. I'm not sure. I haven't gone back and studied the numbers necessarily, but I think about Thomas and Olave and Kamara, and I do think about how, and even tight ends they've had, and I do think about how they've made plays, and it seems like they're kind of a, they've been a boomer bust type of offense, but probably the lot of the bust is more, more because they haven't had some of the horses. And then even the way they've used Taysom Hill and kind of get him in and out of there is really interesting, and you know maybe not the Bills have Taysom Hill on their roster, but Maybe you can get some things from there about how they've used different personnel over the years. Yeah, they are a team that has had, I feel like, the weaponry to go Mm -hmm. to do the big plays, right? Like, Chris Olave is a guy that's capable of doing that, and Rashid Shahid kind of became like a kind of a one trick pony for that, but same thing, like tons of speed and explosiveness. So they had Deontay Hardy as like a as their slot guy. So. I think they've had it. I just feel like for them, maybe it's mm-hmm. been more. They haven't had the quarterback to get it down the field, and that obviously won't be a problem here. No, I agree. Um, last year, their top 10 in points scored. For two years in a row, they weren't that good. But, guys, you go back to from 2020 for the lat, for 10 years before that. I guess you're going back to Sean Payton, but they were perennially top 10, if not top 5, in scoring on offense. And obviously, like I said, uh, he's been there for you know a good six seven years, so he's been a part of a, an offense. I think that you know has put up some numbers. So it's an interesting hire, like I said, and um, you know we'll we'll see how he fits in and uh, how what the what the basketball skill level still is when they get to training camp. That'll be something. That'll be a story, right? We all know it's going to be a story when we get to camp and you know Ronald Curry and playing basketball against the guys. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. Sal, the other coaching moves to the defensive side of things. Um, any any intel we have from the other moves yeah so interesting to me really that the bills name a new cornerbacks coach uh, jameel adai and this is his first nfl job i believe he had been in the college ranks he had gone uh, he had been at miami he had been at georgia um that they bring a guy in and they also uh let me find what was the other move they made um besides uh, oh yeah defensive a defensive quality control coach christian taylor so they brought in another guy but the move here for me is a die because it's also been reported by a couple people i know um jace kersky and uh also elena getzenberg i don't know if anybody else did i don't want to not give credit to people if they didn't but you know i was doing the the with the dog yesterday and i i didn't see as everybody necessarily Mm -hmm. they had reported that um john butler is not going to be back it's really interesting to me because 
John Butler's been a part of Sean McDermott's staff for several years now. They've had very good success, obviously, in the secondary. I, I don't know this. I'm going to interpret this myself right now to say Eric Washington leaves, John Butler leaves, Bobby Babbage gets elevated. I wonder if there was, hey, if I'm not going to get an opportunity here to be defensive coordinator, I need to go somewhere else to be one because from what Elena and Jay both had reported, it was mutually of parting of the ways between Butler and the Bills. So this reads to me, and again, I don't know this for sure, and we can dig in and maybe I'll find out at the Combine or sometime before that. It reads to me like maybe the Bills had to make a decision. They went with Babich, and maybe the other two gentlemen felt, hey, I, I wanted that opportunity. I didn't get it. Maybe I need to get it somewhere else. That's going to be a change, though, because now, obviously, you have John Butler who leaves. You have a new cornerbacks coach come in, and I wonder, you know, a, a fresh new face, a guy who never hasn't been coaching in the NFL. There's a name here that really rings to me, guys. Is it Elam? And that is Kyer Elam. Okay. Yeah. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yes. Okay, and I, I wonder, like fresh, I wonder a here. A fresh if, start for Elam. Yes, I, I do. And, I, and sometimes this can happen, right? Sometimes when you have a high pick and it hasn't worked out, the organization might want to go in another direction with somebody else who can kind of be that person's guide and say, we, you know, it hasn't worked with this person. Maybe it will with this. I think that's happened over the years. I think back. Remember when the Bills drafted Zay Jones? They had a wide receivers coach who names escapes me. It had been he had been Zay's position coach at East Carolina. He left the following year. And I'm not saying that was necessarily the reason, but I always thought, hey, they brought this guy in. You had it, but he never developed. Right? It's about development. And maybe I don't know. Do the Bills feel that? Kyer Elam would benefit from somebody else being around him in a fresh set of a fresh set of eyes, a new person, uh, a new go-to, mm -hmm. and this could all be part of it. And I yeah. think it's very interesting. E even if the Bills don't feel that, feel that Sal, it's possible that Elam could feel that. Yes, feel that there's a hundred percent. I agree with that, and and I and I'm and I'm interested to see what this means for him if it does at all, and it may never. And I think you know there's a lot of things that go into this, right? Always, and these are let's always remember these are people with careers. It's not just, well, the, the Bills are getting rid of somebody and Sean McDermott doesn't want him or Brandon Bean doesn't want him or whoever. It's not just that, you know, John Butler or Eric Washington, whoever else says, I don't want to be here anymore. There's so many things that go into a lot of these types of decisions and what the role is, what the fit is, the person's career, where they feel that they'd be best, all those kinds of things that, uh, that matter. These are people's careers, like I said. So um, coaching changes happen every year. Uh, last week we had a couple, we had a couple of internal hires or earlier this week. And I know that, you know, there was a, uh, a groundswell from some fans that said, Oh, here we go. And more promotions, more hires from in-house. Well, now they've gone outside and they've gotten guys who, you know, have, were on other staffs or not even in the NFL in a dies case. So it should be a little bit of a different feel in some regard at some of these positions. Sal Capaccio on the Western hotline. We're going to call in. Bill in Pennsylvania is up. Sal, we've been asking maybe why you think Allen is not going to win the MVP tonight because all indications are Lamar Jackson is it. Mm -hmm. uh, Bill is called in. Bill, good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, you know, I was looking at the interception percentages for some of the Hall of Famers because I think it's so overblown. 
with this whole thing with Josh Allen interceptions. So number Brady had 1.7 percentage. Josh Allen is 2.5. It's his career now, 2.5. Montana, 2.6. Marino, 3.0. Favre, 3.3. My second favorite, Bill Kelly, 3.7. Namath, 5.2. Namath had more interceptions and touchdowns. This year, Allen had a 3.1 percentage. So if you compare him to the greats, it's it's he's right there. I think it's so overblown his his interceptions. Yeah. Great quarterbacks who throw the ball all over the field and in tight windows are going to have interceptions. Kelly, I saw Jim Kelly throw three and one half. He'd come back the second half and they'd win the game because Smith and and you know Connell and all the guys would get the <laughs> ball back for them. So again, I just get kind of tired of this mm-hmm. interception put on Josh Allen. He's going to throw interceptions. But but it's a low percentage, and he compares very favorably with all the greats. You never bring up their interception percentages. Yeah. So I just think it's over. Well, but I just want to throw my two cents in there. Thanks, Bill. Picking up. You on got this. it. Listen, go, go listen. Ahead, go ahead, let, let me let, let me let you chime in on this because I agree a hundred percent, right? But that that's but but that's is what the reason's going to be for a lot of people, unfortunately. And I agree with that. And I think I've mentioned this before. I I did I. It was, I did an ESPN radio spot the day of the Bills game against the Steelers in the playoffs. And I, Jeremy, have I talked to you about this? What happened? Yeah, yeah. They, they asked it like if Josh was going to throw the game away because playoff Josh Allen. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was Myron Metcalf and um, Scott Miller, I think his name is. And I, I think that's his name. Anyway, um, Matt, Matt Jones. I'm sorry because I remember it was like Mac Jones. It's Matt Jones. It's Myron Metcalf and Matt Jones. And it was, I had never been like, it was crazy. Like they were just basically like, they could not understand or fathom how I was trying to explain that, yeah, like those things happen, but that's not like what we, he also leads the league in touchdown passes. And they kept telling me I was ignoring interceptions and only focusing on the positive. And I'm trying to tell them, well, no, you have to have nuance with this. And they and he literally gave me like, he gave me a hypothetical. I couldn't believe this. He gave me a hypothetical. Myron Metcalf did and said, oh, you're telling me what happens if they get towards the end of the game and Josh has a chance. He throws an interception. Everybody. I'm like, what kind of hypothetical is that? What if he throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns and they lose like has happened in the playoffs, right? And then I went and I looked and I researched it and I tweeted this out that week. Josh Allen, amongst all basically guys who played enough games, like 10 games in the, in the, in the playoffs amongst quarterbacks with at least one touchdown pass, has the lowest career ever interception percentage, lower than anybody, Manning, Brady, Rodgers, whoever else uh, for, for the playoffs. Now, all that said, the point I'm making here is I agree with the caller. This is why people do it. This is why he won't win. That's right, because people focus on the interceptions. We've heard it all year. We all know here in Buffalo, and I guess the best way I'd love to say this is, of course, we'd all love to see Josh Allen never throw an interception. Nobody wants to see their quarter. That would be the ideal. And does he throw too many? Yeah, sure. I mean, if you want to look at the numbers, that's right. But the fact is, all of the things that he does to score touchdowns has far and outweighed the successes and mattered to the successes than his interceptions have mattered to any sort of failure to the Bills who've won four straight division titles. Yeah, I saw a piece on Pro Football Focus the other day, Sal, also on, like, he was kind of just getting unlucky. He, he this year, he led the league in picks. You want to know where he ranked in turnover-worthy plays? He ranked not that high. 15th. In the league, he was lower than Tua, Mayfield, Fields, Purdy. He had the same. He had the same rate as Stroud and Mahomes. But why? And like this could maybe lean to there could be some positive regression in this area next year, just because that's how it usually goes or it can go. Allen threw twenty-one turnover-worthy throws all year. Eighteen of them got intercepted. Yeah. 
Like Purdy, meanwhile, was kind of notorious for this this year where it was like uh, the same article had it, like six or seven interceptions he had dropped this year by the defender. And that just didn't happen to Allen. So I don't want to say that happened every time. There were throws he made, and there were, I think, flaws with the offense, Sal, that maybe mm-hmm. sometimes made it feel like the ball was going to a spot that it shouldn't have. But I don't know. I feel like you just kind of run back a lot of this next year and you keep that number the same, and he's not going to have 18 interceptions. Uh, how about, and I'll, I'll go a step further, Joe, and say, if you give me the exact same stats for Josh Allen in 2024 than I had in 2023, I'm rolling. That's fine. I'll live. They can still win a lot of games, right? I mean, that's yep. th- really what it is. It, yes, I know. The interception number is higher than you'd like, no doubt. He threw the three against the Jets opening night, which were awful. They were on him, his decision-making. And then a few more along the way or throughout the year were, okay, what are you doing, Josh, right? Bad decision, first play of the game against the Patriots. Um, you know, a couple against the Jags, but that was, you know, down the field. You could definitely pick apart some. There's no doubt about it. But again, I will take the I will take him throwing some interceptions versus what we get for all of the amazing other things. If you take away the interceptions, you might take away a lot of that. And those things are contributing far more to the results of Bills games than the interceptions. And when I tried to explain that on the CSPN radio spot and I said, walked off the field in New England with the lead, walked off the field in Philly with the lead, walked off the field against Denver with the lead. Like these things aren't causing the Bills to lose. But you know what is causing the Bills to win? Josh Allen and all the touchdowns that he scores. And uh, but but you can't escape it. And to me, that's why he won't win tonight. And full disclosure, guys, I think I might vote for Lamar. It's close. I haven't really dug all the way into it. Like I think Lamar Jackson's a very worthy MVP this year. I do not want to take away from Lamar Jackson in a season. But I don't think Josh Allen is getting enough credit and love to be considered as much as he should be considered simply because of what you guys are talking about, what the caller said, because people focus too much on that interception number. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. Sal, thanks for the time. Uh, yep. We'll keep, we'll keep our ears open. Any more, are there any vacancies left on the staff that we should be looking for? Good question. Um, I don't think there's an assistant head coach name, but that is a title that you don't have to have. Right. It's just a, a title. Uh, there, no, there are no actual positions available as far as I can see. Um, corner, safety, Joe Dana is there, linebackers, defensive line, offensive line, quarterback, tight end, receiver, running back. Everything is filled. It would just be the assistant position coaches. And then, um, like I said, maybe senior assistants, assistant head coach, people like that. And, and just to run that out, they didn't lose anybody from the management staff did they i know they had a couple guys that interviewed places but i did, didn't see that anybody well, got like got a job no but joe um unless unless they were going to be fired like outright mm-hmm. right now that's not going to happen until after the draft and a lot of times gotcha. because teams don't make those moves until after everything's done now you could have lost for example terrence gray if he had general manager job i shouldn't say just fired. like somebody could have mm-hmm. gone to a place where somebody was there was an opening but Terrence interviewed for two different jobs, as far as I know, Chargers and Raiders. Those were filled. All the GM jobs are filled, so you won't lose anybody on staff there. If the Bills are going to make a change in their scouting or front office, that probably won't happen until after the draft because that's when their season ends. Okay. All right. Thank you, Sal. You got it. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. Jeremy and Joe, when we return, an internal email, feelings of betrayal. Mm-hmm. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong. The emails, the email I got from you two yesterday. What? <laughs> what is wrong? I, I, did, wait, 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 I was not uh, on this email, but I know exactly what we're talking about. 
the what's we'll get to that next we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 